Well, hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 364 and session number 112 of Ask Scott. This is where I answer your questions here on the podcast, and I do it every single Friday. And today, we're going to do the same exact thing. We're going to answer some more of your questions. Now, let me remind you that if you have a question that you want me to answer on an upcoming episode, just head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash ask and do that. Just do me one small favor. I've said this over and over again, and some of you are still forgetting to do this. So just leave your first name as you're recording your message. I want to be able to address you by first name. I want to be able to say, hey, what's up, John or you know, Sue or whatever, and uh, and then leave a brief message there. And maybe even if you want to do this, you could, you know, let us know where you're tuning in from. That would be kind of cool too. So again, guys, that's theamazingseller.com forward slash ask, and you can do that, ask a question there. We can hang out for a minute and uh, we can uh, have that cup of coffee together as I always talk about. Now, if you guys are listening to this after Friday, well then, whatever time of the day it is, the week it is, uh, hopefully you're having an awesome, amazing day and a week. And uh, I'm here to give you your dose of some of these questions that uh, that you might be asking right now. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to jump into that. Now, I have a couple things that I wanted to discuss before we jump into today's question. You guys always know, too, I always have kind of like what's on my mind for this week or what I'm thinking by just listening to other people and, and, and all of that stuff. So I, I want to give you guys a little bit of uh, some of those thoughts here before we kick off today's first question. The other thing is, is the time that you're listening to this, I would have just gotten back from Sellers Summit where I'm going to be in Fort Lauderdale. I'm saying this like past tense now because, well, I'm going to be there. Uh, Let's see, it's the 18th through the 21st, I think it is. Uh, So I am going to be arriving there. We're going to have a TAS meetup, so I'm sure I'll have some updates there for you guys too in the next few episodes. So I'll be giving you guys a full update of that Sellers Summit, what I learned from it, what I took away. So uh, look forward to uh, to hearing about that on an upcoming episode. And it's going to be a blast, I know. And as you're listening to this, I had, it's already going to be in the past, but I just know it's going to be amazing. So uh, getting excited about that. The last thing is, is uh, we are going to have a TAS meetup in North Carolina. All right. And that's going to be on June 23rd. Okay. This is the first time I've done one in North Carolina, not far from where I live now in South Carolina. It's uh, just outside of Charlotte. So if you want the details on that, okay, the date, the time, and also the location, uh, you can head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash NC for North Carolina. So theamazingseller.com forward slash NC. And if you wanted to attend that, it's totally free. All you have to do is really just let us know that you're coming by going to that event page and then just saying that you're going to be attending. That's it. It's going to be free. We're going to be hanging out at a coffee shop. I think it's going to be a coffee shop. As of right now, we pretty much have it nailed down, but by the time you listen to this, it'll it'll all be worked out. So definitely go to that link if you're interested or if you're in the area and you wanted to come hang out with us for a cup of coffee or a drink or whatever, and uh, that would be really, really cool. So the one thing I wanted to talk about before we jump into today's question is kind of what's on my mind. And, you know, I've been through a lot of different, you know, start and stops, and I've also seen a lot of other people that start and stop, and I see, and I mean start and stop in anything. It doesn't have to be just business. Just why do people, why do people start something, but then they don't, they don't continue, you know, and I, I, I get it, right? Like life gets in the way. It, it happens to all of us. Uh, I know as far as my fitness, my fitness went off the rails 
for uh, for a little while. I was in great shape about three years ago, and then things just started to slip out of uh, you know out of routine and out of my commitment to myself and all of that stuff. And I got kind of lazy, to be honest with you. And maybe I even spent a little bit too much time thinking about my businesses and stuff. Like some of that stuff can start to creep into your daily. You know, your daily activities, your daily life, and uh, and that happened to me. You know, um, I'm proud to say that right now I'm totally locked in. Uh, I have been now for over three months now, and uh, feeling amazing. And the you know the diet is is in check, and I mean the diet. I mean I'm still I'm still eating food. I'm still eating good stuff. It's just uh, it's better choices, um, and I'm working out daily and all of that stuff. But the thing is, is now that I have that momentum, now that I have you know. I'm seeing some of those results. It want, it allows me, it, it makes me want to keep pushing. And the same thing goes when you're starting a new project or a new business, you know, depending on where you are. Uh, you know, we have a class called the 1K Fast Track, and that group has been just amazing because so many people that have gotten started have started to see results. And when they're starting to see results, they want to go out there and do it more and more and more. And that really, that class is really about how to get started super fast using the retail arbitrage model. If you guys want details on that, you can always go to the, uh, actually it's 1kfasttrack.com would be the link. And I'll put all the show notes in this episode too, which will be 364. Um, so definitely go check out the show notes. I'll have all the links there. But what really made me think about what I want to share here with you, it's kind of like there's like four parts to it. But, you know, so many people that were in that class, they got started, they started to see a little bit of traction, they made their first dollar, and then that motivated them to want to go out and do it again. It's the same thing. If you work out for, you know, three weeks, four weeks, and you start to see results, it's going to make you want to go back in the gym, but you got to get over that hump, right? So here's the four things I want to address here. Number one, you have to start, okay? You have to start. But sometimes it's hard to start if you don't commit, So that's the second part of it. So we're going to start, we're going to commit, and then we're going to commit to doing what? You guys probably know what I'm going to say. It has two words in it. (laughs) Take action, right? So we have to start something, we have to commit to something, and then we have to take action on that thing, okay? And then the other critical thing is we have to adjust along the way, all right? So you know, we might do something and it might not work as we planned or maybe something changes. We didn't have something, uh, you know, on our schedule that would have allowed us to do something or maybe it's something that you did and you got a certain reaction or maybe you launched a product and it didn't do exactly what you wanted it to do. Well, guess what? You got to adjust. Uh, I just did an episode, I believe it was last episode, where I went through a coaching call that I did with one of my students and it was all about just asking these questions that, you know, if you don't zoom out of your situation, you might not be able to see. So you really have to kind of see yourself or whatever you're doing at a higher level and then start to dig into the different things that's happening within, you know, within, within that project. So for that case, it was like her product was not selling after she ran out of stock. She ran out of stock and the sales, you know, when she went back in stock, the sales weren't what they were before. But one of her biggest you know, things that happened that I took away that she didn't realize was she was raising her price to try to slow down sales so she didn't run out of stock. Well, that's count, you know, it's kind of, uh, you know, countering as you come back in because now all of a sudden Amazon says, well, wait a minute here. You just left uh, and when you ran out of stock, you had a really low conversion rate. You had a good one, but then it went really bad. So are people not liking your product? So, so then when she went back in stock, you know what? They just said, well, we're going to, we're going to kind of put you where you were. So again, 
I figured that out by listening, and that was like one thing right off the bat. But if you guys didn't listen to that episode, definitely go back and listen to that episode because it just shows how you can kind of go in and start asking yourself these questions so you can start to understand maybe where there's an issue and then you can work on that one issue. Again, so start, commit, take action, and adjust along the way. All right, you might even want to write that one down. That might be a writer downer. You guys have been hearing me say that quite a bit. Writer downers. <laughs> so uh, you might want to do that. I think it's important. All right. So um, hopefully you guys do that. And if this has been helpful, guys, you know, shoot me an email if you want. I, w- I want to know if this stuff kind of maybe is something that you need. And it's something that I like talking about a lot is because, you know, if we don't actually figure out the mental side of things, you know, it's it's like anything, you know, 80% of your diet is your results, you know, in the gym. I mean, the gym is just a very small part of it. Um, it really has to do with the, the diet and the nutrition, right? Well, the same thing goes on into your product and your selection and all that stuff. If your product is not picked, you know, properly or your market and you go to launch, it doesn't matter what you do in the launch. It's not going to work or it's not going to work as well. All right. So just remember that, uh, you know, the, the mental side of things uh, of this game in life, not just business is huge. And that's why I'm a big, big um, advocate of, you know, just trying to figure that out and trying to get life balanced and try to figure out a way to get us to get over those humps. Um, All right. So uh, anyway, let me know if this resonates with you guys. All right. So let's go ahead and uh, let's dig into today's first question and I'll give you my answer. What do you say? Let's do this. Let's rock and roll. Let's go. Hi, Scott. It's Brian from British Columbia, Canada here. A quick question about choosing a product before you start selling on amazon.com. I have two products in mind. One of them, um, the, the leading, uh, the leading sellers on amazon.com, uh, will say sold by so-and-so and fulfilled by Amazon. And then another product I'm looking at the lead, the lead sellers, um, are amazon.com. It says ships and sold by amazon.com. So if I'm selling a product and the leads, the, the, you know, the lead sellers on Amazon are amazon.com. Am I going to have a harder time competing rather than if I go with another product where the lead uh, sellers are just a company fulfilled by Amazon? Uh, just wondering this before I jump into the FBA world, uh, if you can give me an answer. That'd be great. Thanks. Hey, Brian, thank you so much for the question. And yes, I have been asked this question quite a few times and uh, I've got an answer for you. Uh, and for anyone that's just tuning in or you know, maybe just getting into you know, this Amazon world, what we're talking about is Amazon actually being the one that's selling that product. If you look at exactly where Brian was you know, saying that he was looking, where it, the item is sold by, If we see fulfilled by Amazon, that just means that they're fulfilling it for that brand. But there's a lot of products that are sold by Amazon, meaning that Amazon now manufactures that product or has it manufactured or bought someone's brand. Uh, There's been uh, people that I know, they've been, you know, reached out and contacted uh, by Amazon and said, hey, we would love to buy your product. And they they settle out for, you know, a, a lump sum of some kind or some type of agreement. And then they now are the ones that are selling that product. Um, But let's not talk about that so much. What I want you guys to understand is when we're looking at generally the top 10, let's just use the top 10, okay, of a list or of a, 
uh, keyword search and you come to that page and you see that there's 16 results, generally 16 results, depending on you know, your browser, depending on, you know, maybe you're looking at it on a phone, it's going to be different, but let's just say the top 10 listings. Okay. And let's just say that there's two of those that are selling by Amazon or that are sold by Amazon, not even selling by Amazon because FBA is fulfilled by Amazon, right? So that you would think, well, is that the same thing? No, it's not. What we're looking at is Amazon is actually the one that is the manufacturer in a sense where they're selling that product. Um, they're actually making money from that product. Um, and then from there, we're looking at FBA sellers. And then we're also looking at FBM sellers. Okay. FBA is fulfilled by Amazon. That means that I ship my product into them as XYZ brand. And that is the brand, but then it is fulfilled by Amazon FBA. Okay. And then the other one is FBM fulfilled by merchant. I don't send my inventory in. I have it here. And then if someone buys it, I ship it to them. Okay. And that's how that works. Now, Amazon selling the product, you would think, well, I can't really compete with Amazon. And, you know, I think you can. Uh, they don't really do a great, great job of marketing their product with everything that goes into a listing or even pay-per-click or any of that stuff, right? That, not that I've seen. So here's what I always tell people. I want to look at the top 10 listings, okay, that are selling that garlic press. And let's just, let's just say that Amazon is two of those. Let's say that they're the top two. Let's say that they're one and two. I would just get those out of my way for a second. I would say, all right, now let's look at depth and demand because that's what we always talk about, right? We want to know that there's enough depth and demand uh, for, you know, sales lower down in, in that ranking. Okay. So if there's someone selling in the, in the five spot, is there still enough demand there, even though Amazon is selling it and we would think, well, I don't want to compete with Amazon because they're going to crush me, which isn't true. But let's just say that you did that. I would rule out those top two. And then I would just go ahead and take the, 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 uh, eight below those. Okay. Or the eight that are left. And then I would use those as my depth and demand gauge. So again, an example would be if everyone else is selling 300 or more, then I'm, I'm okay. But now if Amazon is selling a thousand, then their second listing, they're selling a thousand. And then the next FBA is selling 800. And then the next one is selling 600. And the next one is selling 500. And the next one is selling another 500. And the next one is selling 400. And they're still above 300. That means that there's still depth there for me. Okay. So even if I don't get in the top spots, it's okay. Okay. Now the only time I would think differently here is if Amazon was that entire page, which I don't, I don't think I've ever seen. Okay. So if that was the case, I might say to myself, eh, I don't know if I want to get into that right now. Let's see what else is out there. Okay. But I would not let Amazon scare you, uh, as far as like, should you sell against them? Because I've seen listings, uh, including my own that have actually outranked them. Um, so I don't see that as being a huge deal. All right. But I always do this to be on the safe side. I just take those two out of my calculations. All right. So I say, well, yes, that shows me that there's a, there's more demand that I even need really, but I'm looking at again, 10 listings or eight in this case that are 300 sales each at least. Okay. And collectively they're selling 3000 units a month. That gives me my 10 units per day. Okay. So that's how I would break that down, Brian, or anyone else listening. That's how I would do it. I always look at depth and demand. That's, that's what I need to look at. And again, in order to look at that stuff, you need to understand how to do depth and demand, you know, searches and, and kind of do a little bit of that background check 
And uh, I did that in episode 189, all the way back to 189. Can't believe it's been that long. I'm probably going to do an updated one um, for that showing the depth and demand, but it's pretty much the same. Um, I just kind of want to go and, and kind of do it again live and then record it and then share that. But it's pretty much the same thing is I'm going to go out there and just validate that those numbers that are being reported uh, through Amazon and through a tool like Jungle Scout, um, I'm going to make sure that they are, that they're they're good, right? Like that it's good information and it's not being skewed because someone just did a major giveaway of some kind. I also want to look at trends, all right? So I want to look at that stuff. Um, so that's the other thing that I do with depth and demand. So to answer your question, simply, no, I don't really worry if Amazon is selling as long as they're not dominating that page um, and I feel that I can still, uh, you know, find a spot there that I can still get my 10 sales per day. And that's it. That's what I do. All right. So hopefully that helped you and anyone else in this situation or thinking this. Uh, and uh, let's go ahead and listen to another question and I'll give you my answer. Hey, Scott, this is Mike. I am new to your podcast. Absolutely loving it. Um, I've been researching FBA and looking into, you know, it looks like something that I think would be perfect for me and I'm really excited to get into it. So I'm kind of doing all my homework and your podcast has been a godsend. So thank you so much for it. Um, I have a quick question and if it's already been answered, then maybe you could direct me to which of the 300 plus podcasts, uh, it was on since I'm still kind of, I think I'm on number 10. Um, so I am an American citizen with a permanent address in the U S in California. Uh, I have social security, all that. Um, but I am currently living overseas. I am in the Philippines about six to eight months of the year. Um, what kind of challenges can I expect in terms of paperwork, taxes, legal stuff? As far as you know, I know you're not a lawyer or an accountant, but just as far as you know, um, I'm not worried about the logistical stuff because I do have associates based in the States to handle uh, receiving, testing, repackaging, and reshipping the inventory. I'm more concerned about the paperwork and the legal tax stuff um, and what I could expect to encounter. Uh, thank you again so much for this podcast. Oh, um, I'm new to your podcast, and so I'm still kind of working my way through. Um, so if you could potentially email me when this goes live so I can kind of skip to the front to listen to it before going back to whatever first season episode I am still on, I would really appreciate it. Thank you again so much. I absolutely appreciate you and your show. Hey, Mike, thank you so much for the question, and thank you for being a new listener. Uh, so glad that you found the podcast, and I'm so glad that you're getting value from it. So I appreciate that. Uh, I am going to say this, and you kind of already said it. Uh, I'm not a legal advisor. I'm not uh, an accountant. I'm not a attorney. I'm not a doctor. All right, but I'm more than happy to uh, to kind of just talk about this. If we were sitting at that coffee table having a nice cup of coffee, um, this is pretty much what I would say. Um, number one, uh, you know, you are living, or you're you're still you still have a residence in in the states, from what I gather. Um, and I don't know all the legal stuff as far as like how long do you have to stay in, you know, a certain country in order to be, you know, declared, you know, a citizen and, and all of that stuff. But I don't think it's that big of a deal, to be honest with you. I wouldn't think so. 
I guess my first step would be I would probably want to reach out to an attorney and I would want to ask them, okay, um, my residence is here. I'm over here. What do I have to do? Um, now, you said logistically you don't really, you're not really concerned with that. But I guess my question would be to myself, if I was in your situation, is like, do I have to have a bank account set up in, you know, another country if I'm doing business there? And I don't believe you do. Now, I did have a guest on, Jason McGee from World First, and uh, he really specializes in helping e-commerce sellers kind of figure this whole thing out. We had a great conversation on episode 360. I would say definitely go check out that episode and then probably reach out to him. Uh, and I would ask, uh, I would ask him, and if he doesn't know the answer, which he may not, he can direct you. He handles international e-commerce sellers every single day of the week. So he'd probably be someone that I would reach out to and ask those questions. But I personally think because, you know, you do have a residence, uh, or a residency here in the States, um, it's really just about then how are you going to, um, you know, set up your, your flow of money. And then also, if you're going to have an LLC, which you should, where is that going to be set up and where are you going to operate the business from? I think that's really the big question. So I didn't really have a straightforward answer here for you because I don't know, to be honest with you, um, but I would reach out to Jason for sure, 100%. And uh, I would even just go listen to that episode because that might even help uh, because we do talk about if you're living in the States or if you're living in another country. Uh, what should you do or what are the things that you should be, uh, you know, thinking about when you're going to do this. So hopefully that's helped you. Again, I want to say thank you for being a listener, Mike. And uh, yeah, keep plowing through the episodes. If you have any questions, you know where to find me. And you can always go to theamazingseller.com forward slash F is in Frank, B is in boy. And there's over 40,000 other TASers over there that could help you out as well. All right. So uh, let's go ahead and listen to one more question for today. Then you guys can get on with your day, I can get on with my day, and we can rock and roll, and we can go crush this thing. What do you say? Let's do it. Hi, Scott. Luke here from the UK. Um, I just want to say I love the podcast. I've binged on it for the best part of a year now. I'm pretty much up to date, um, but so grateful for the for all the content you've shared and uh, to be part of the Facebook group with um, you know, like-minded people who are so selflessly willing to share and help you over every hurdle. Uh, my question is about enhanced brand content. Um, at the moment, our, our product listing has quite a few product-related keywords plugged into it. Um, and I'm worried that if I switch over to enhanced brand content, which I'm really ha- really looking forward to doing um, and talking about the, the, you know, the brand story a lot more, um, I'm just worried that them, them keywords about the product are going to disappear, um, even though they'd still be in the... the uh, back pages, product listing description. Um, are Amazon going to still look at that, or are they going to see that I'm using less keywords related to the product and essentially bump me down the listings because of that? Um, it's probably just a small worry, and um, you've probably answered it somewhere else. But any any light you can shed on this would be amazing. So thank you very much, um, and I look forward to your answer. Keep up the good work. Hey, Luke from the UK. What's up, man? Thank you so much for being a listener. and Thank you so much for the question. And this is a great question. And there has been some buzz out there that uh, the enhanced content is not being indexed or uh, maybe it's not being indexed as much as they thought it was going to be or maybe they're doing an update. I, I don't know 100%. To be honest with you, I haven't seen any major uh, you know, drop in ranking from switching over to enhanced 
content. And now I'm, I haven't switched everything over to enhanced content, so I can't say for sure, but I know others that have. Um, and I haven't heard anybody saying that uh, they lost rankings because here's the deal as well. With the enhanced content, and I can't see that forever if it is that case, if it is the case of not being ranked, uh, or I'm sorry, indexed for those, uh, you know, I'm not sure that that will always be the case. Uh, but you said that your keywords that are in the description are also in the back end, then it technically is still in your listing. Uh, you know, the description I've always looked at like secondary, like I'm going to plug that stuff in there, but I'm not really going after like main keywords in there because we all kind of know that it's weighted the less, at least that's my understanding. Um, you know, you have your, your title, which is weighted the most, then your bullets, then your back end, and I think even the back end might be a little bit more than the bullets, and then you have your description. So I don't necessarily know that I would really worry too much about it, but here's the here's the deal. You have to ask yourself this. If you if you update your, your uh, description with enhanced content, is that going to help you convert people that land on your page, all right? Because, I mean, let's face it. You know, if you get less people on your page, but it converts higher, who cares, right? But in this case, you know, we don't want to lose rank, of course, but those keywords that are in the description, if you're thinking that those are the ones that are going to drive all the rankings, uh, you know, for, for your searches, yeah, I'm not really sure that I would, that I would buy into that. Okay. Uh, what I would say is make sure all of your important keywords and search terms are in your title or in your bullets or in your back end. The enhanced content area or your description area to me is just elaborating on all of that other stuff. Um, and again, if it's in there, Amazon is still going, to me, it's about being relevant, right? So if I'm going to run sponsored product ads, I want to make sure that my listing is, uh, you know, is, re is uh, relevant and it, it aligns with the keywords that I'm, that I'm going after. And I can't see that Amazon wouldn't be able to see that in their enhanced content. Um, now, if we're talking about you're using an image and you're like, well, I used an image and, you know, that there was explaining something. So, yes, you're not going to have a word there because it's an image, right? But that's always been the case. Your images don't necessarily, uh, you know, help you rank for garlic press if you if you labeled it garlic press. Uh, now, it used to be like that in, uh, you know, and it still may be in Google if you're looking for images that you load on your, your blog or your website you know, that was a, a trick, you know, years ago was, you know, to, well, put your keyword, you know, attached to your image, you know, garlicpress.jpg, you know, something like that. But we're not talking about that. Um, so you have to ask yourself that question. You have to say, like, enhanced content, you know, is that going to help me convert better, you know? And to be honest with you, I'm not sure a lot of people scroll down unless you have a product that needs a lot more like, you know, deciding, right? Is it an impulse buy or is it is something that someone is going to be researching and trying to figure out if this is the right fit for them? Usually then they're going to also look at your reviews if they're that into figuring out if this is the right thing for them. But I get it, right? The brand and the story and everything is a great, is, I think the enhanced content is a great thing to have. Like if you can, if you can make that work, definitely do it. I'm not sure I would worry about if I'm going to lose uh, indexing on those keywords because those keywords are pretty much going to be other places. So I really wouldn't worry about that. And I mean, let's be honest, you know, you probably only have a handful of keywords that you know, that are like the, the, you know, the golden nugget keywords, 
right? Those are the ones. And those other ones are like long tail and you're still gonna get picked up for those if you have those in the back end, which they give us plenty of room there. The bullets, you know, uh, your title and all those other places. Uh, if you guys are like, listen to this and you're like, what the heck is this enhanced content? Um, we did a whole episode on that myself and Chris Schaefer. That is, um, that's episode 294. Um, I would definitely recommend listening to that cause we kind of talk all about it. That was when they started to roll that out. And, uh, and we started talking about the, the pros and the cons and, and it's, it's evolved, you know, since then, but it really gives you kind of like how to use it and how you would want to use it. So, um, that's episode 294, theamazingseller.com forward slash 294. And, uh, yeah, you can listen to, uh, what we talked about there on enhanced content. So hopefully this helped you, uh, hopefully it helped anyone listening to this. And again, if we hear anything else and we have, you know, Maybe, maybe something that comes out from Amazon that says, yes, we are not indexing that, then I'll let you know for sure. We'll have a podcast episode on that or I'll email um, everyone on our updates list. Uh, but uh, you know, I, I wouldn't really worry too much about it, but I would ask myself that question. If 100 people land on my page, uh, is that going to help me convert you know, more people to a buyer? And that's going to pretty much give you your answer, I think, um, as far as if you should use enhanced content. Because I don't think everyone has to use enhanced content, by the way. I think it's a nice to have feature, but we've talked about this before. A lot of people don't even get down that far in your listing, right? They just look at the pictures, the title, the reviews, and then they might go to the bullets. And then from there, the description, if they even get that far. Usually by then, they might already be over on the uh, on the checkout page. Who knows? Hopefully, they are. All right, so guys, that's going to pretty much wrap up this session. One thing that I forgot to mention, which I should have mentioned in the beginning here, but I got so excited to get on here with you guys and jump into some of those questions, is we just wrapped up our five-phase workshop last night, which was awesome, by the way, and we did it live. And what that basically is, if you haven't attended one of those in the past, is where we take you through the entire process of picking a product, sourcing a product, doing a pre-launch, doing a launch, and then promoting that product to get more sales and to really get the ball rolling. And we went through the entire process. We did it on a live workshop last night. You can actually listen to and watch the replay. Right now, it's available if you're listening to this May 26th or before June 1st. So if you want to check that out, head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash workshop and that replay will be there for you. We also give some downloads and some notes that you guys can have so that way to help you go through that entire process. And the other announcement I want to make really quickly, which I never really do here on the show, is some of you know we have a private label classroom where we actually take people through the entire process and we have a community, and we do coaching, we do hangouts, we do all that stuff inside of a private group. All right, that there is also going to be closing by May 31st. So if you're interested at all in that program, go to the workshop, watch the workshop, go through all that material, and from there we'll actually show you exactly what it looks like inside of the class. And if you're interested, awesome. And if you're not, if you're not ready, or maybe you don't need it, that's cool too. All right, but just go over to the workshop page and you'll see all the details there at theamazingseller.com forward slash workshop. All right, guys, so that's it. That's going to wrap it up. Remember, I'm here for you. I believe in you and I am rooting for you, but you have to, you have to. Come on, say it with me. Say it loud. Say it proud. Take action. Have an awesome, amazing day and I'll see you right back here on the next episode.